Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Build your tribe with this quick Twitter tip from social media and relationships expert, Mari Smith. But you can proactively grow, and I'm going to give your listeners a, my favorite tool, which is called Manage Flitter. Manage Flitter, F-L-I-T-T-E-R.com. And you can punch in keywords. You can even pay like 10 bucks as a nominal fee to use their managed service. And then you can actually proactively find and follow people on Twitter, the, uh, probably about half of which will follow you back. Get ready to fine-tune your engines with your host, New York Times best-selling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and mother of two. At a towering 5'2", this internet marketing maven was once sent to Facebook jail, falsely accused of impersonating herself. Now she's here to help you turbocharge your life. Your host, Shalene Johnson. Mari, it is so great to have you. Thank you so much, Shalene. It's delighted to be here. And you know what? Oh, actually... You and I were chit-chatting on Facebook, and I just thought it was wonderful going back and forth about <laughs> names. Because I always say, Mari like Ferrari. No, Mari like Calamari. And like, people call me all kinds of things, but pronounce it right. <laughs> I can totally relate. Uh, I, I, I would say, Shalene like shut the door. Shalene like Celine Dion, except I don't have her voice. <laughs> I love it. <That's> <laughs> but my name is so, you know, hard to pronounce for people that I just, you know, I, I let them say, if it's even close, I'll raise my hand and say, here. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that's Well, it's a real honor for me to have you on this podcast because um, I've been a student of yours for so long. I really uh, have learned so much about not just Facebook, but marketing in general and community. And that's why when I was looking at the lineup of people who I thought would be most valuable for others to hear from and to meet, you're an individual who we've referred to in all of our marketing academies and with the students that we coach. We say, here's a really great, reliable source. You're always going to get up-to-date information in a way that's honest. And so thank you for being a part of the show today. Well, I'm honored. I'm truly honored. I'm a big fan of yours as well. And so we're, here we are in the Mutual uh, Admiration Club. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool. And I think most people would assume or know you from the work that you've done in Facebook. But mm -hmm. the truth is, you are just a relationship expert. So mm -hmm. can you tell us before, you know, the internet and everybody building email lists, what brought you to this place that you think serves you today? Mm, mm. Yeah, I think of myself as a relationship marketing specialist, but, but you're right, it was relationships, uh, people. I've always been fascinated if, as I go back through the vast array of my, my diverse career. Uh, and then even as a, as a teenager, I've had a, 
a fascination for computers, technology, and then ultimately the the internet in the 90s, and always with people. So I had these two common threads throughout my entire career, my love of people, my love of technology. And so uh, I came to this country in 1999 from uh, Scotland, mm-hmm. and before that I was born in Canada. And I just came with a few pounds in my pocket, very little to my name, uh, but just with a dream in my heart. And I just absolutely knew I was supposed to be uh, in California. And I pursued, I began to pursue really a career as an entrepreneur. Previous to that, I was always an employee. And I just think that, you know, in America here, we have just so many fantastic opportunities. And gosh, I actually even bartered my immigration attorney. I built him a (laughs) website in exchange for his fees. (laughs) I just never heard of that in Scotland. And so uh, from there, I was really involved in e-commerce and uh, I got certified as a relationship coach. I actually used to teach classes to uh, singles and couples about being clear in their value and their oh vision goodness. and their purpose. And um, it was in 2007 that I got uh, invited to be on a beta test team of a Facebook app. And it was like, you know, I actually kind of joke about being an overnight success 10 years in the making because nobody really saw from like 99 to 2009, like an enormous amount of just consistent hard work, focus, focus, focus until everything just, uh, you know, the stars aligned. And as they say, uh, luck happens when preparation meets opportunity. And to me, social media is like this perfect blend of my two loves throughout my whole adult life, people and technology. Isn't that interesting? Especially Mm -hmm. the piece that I never knew that you were actually someone commissioned to teach people how to be clear about their priorities and what it is they want to attract to them. A relationship coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's certified. Yeah, back in 2002. Yeah, yeah. And actually, one of my first information products was based uh, for helping, helping, uh, it was geared toward women in particular to really be clear on who they are and to be successful in the world and to build their own wealth and not to be looking to a man to provide them wealth. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when people think of someone who's really been on Facebook since the beginning and familiar with the internet and comfortable there, at what stage did you realize, okay, I need to take this offline or off of a social media platform and start building my email list? Oh, gosh, right from the absolute get-go, Shalene. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, I've been building my email list really since uh, 1999-2000. I started out with uh, a service here in San Diego. I called it Parties and Events in San Diego. And if anyone was having either a, a social or an educational event, they would let me know, and i put it on this list for free. And I sent it out, and I think about 5,000 names at the time. And then over to my, my tribe, if you will, they just kept following uh, different iterations of what I was doing with my different careers and so then when I, I got into you know the relationship coaching people were still on my list and more people would opt in and uh, fast forward you know getting into Facebook I mean the moment that I pulled up facebook.com was really another defining moment in my life that I, I just could feel something unique and powerful about the site and and I never was on there for personal reasons I wasn't going oh this looks like a fun way to keep in touch with my old school friends I mean that just never entered 
my head. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, you can interact and network and make friends with anyone in the world? Wait a second. People whose books I've been reading for years, whose seminars I've attended, like gurus and leaders in many different walks of life who I've long admired. And all of a sudden at the click of a button, I can be connecting with them. No gatekeepers, no secretaries, no you know admin to get through. And I just became very passionate about being an evangelist for the site for, for professional purposes. And, um, you know, and now in my talks today, fast forward seven years, I really encourage um, business people on Facebook to migrate their audience, or at least they can be in two places. You're still going to interact and engage on Facebook, but you've got to own your audience. You do not own your audience when all you have is Facebook fans because it's rented. You're on rented land. So you have to be a property owner. You have to own your own email list. I'm just a, such an advocate for that. Absolutely. Hashtag amen, sister. It's so, <laughs> yeah, right, it's right. so true. You said something there that I think is so fascinating, and it's a common theme in people who I've studied who have this, as you said, it tribe. They're lifers. And I call them lifers because they do exactly what you've said. They trust you. They like you. They follow you. And they, they follow you kind of wherever you go and however your career transitions. And as I keep growing up and trying on new hats and new identities, Mm -hmm. um, I find that those people who were with me in the beginning are still with me. And I want for you to describe to the audience, who is that person? Mm, Well, it's typically a female. She's probably in her 40s, um, somewhere between 30 and 50 anyway, uh, although obviously I have people outside that range. Um, she is uh, faith-based or spiritual, consider, considers herself spiritual. She is an entrepreneur um, and she is absolutely all heart and uh, mm. whatever type of business. I work from, you know, everything from artists to authors, speakers, network marketers, and you name it, uh, just a vast array of local mom and pop shops uh, to, to huge uh, corporations and brands and the one common theme for me is that I only work with clients and students who are uh, in alignment with me and my values I just like I have people come to me and ask to place an ad in my e-zine for example my email newsletter Mm -hmm. and if it's not something that I personally would use and endorse I will not place the ad and so you know integrity is just such a crucial part of my life and how I run my business And those are the kinds of people that I tend to attract. That is so well stated. Is there a um, guiding principle in the way you have been able to build a community? And I say that because, I mean, there's a lot of people who who do what we do, who educate and who help entrepreneurs, um, but they do so in a way that you, you almost feel like they're a step above, untouchable. And the one thing that I've always really related to with your stuff is I always feel like, um, you know, you're like in there with us, like, hey, guys, I know this is confusing. I can understand how you'd be frustrated. Let me help. So has there been some guiding principles that have, you know, even just word choice that Mm -hmm. are important to you so that people feel a part of something? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Actually, two things come to mind as you were saying that. Um, number one is when it comes to success with social media marketing, you've got to have your hat on as a member first. You can't think like a marketer first. You put your member hat on. So that's where that for me comes where you're in the trenches. There's a new change or some fresh. If you personally are as a business person, a successful business person, if you're feeling frustrated, then heck yeah, your audience is bound to as well. So it's like empathizing that you're in their shoes and empathizing with them, thinking like a member first in whatever way, shape or form, you know, whatever your business niche is, that uh, you can really be in the in the audience's shoes. And then second, as you think like a marketer, you're strategic. Now, I'm strategic in everything that I do, uh, but I, my intent is always um, honorable. It's always to add value. It's always to help people. So I've got my member hat on and my marketer hat on top of that. And so as my, my mantra, in fact, I even have it printed on my checks is relationship first business second so when you come come from that uh, that internal approach people can feel it so uh, that's one thing and the second thing I wanted to mention is that I have this theory about marketers and with all due respect it takes all kinds right but there's right. two ty- two types of marketers there's the numbers based marketers they look out onto the marketplace and all they see is numbers sizes of lists and metrics and and just you know it's all about uh, getting on leaderboards and jockeying for position and just um, you know the biggest number wins and they, they're not really seeing that there's real people and, and behind those numbers are email lists. The second type is the heart-based marketers and the heart-based marketer looks out into the marketplace and they see real people with hearts, with needs, with challenges, with challenges that they can help them with. And truth be told, you got to really actually have a foot in both camps. If you, mm. you, your heart is good, but you do need the numbers, but don't lead with the numbers, lead with the heart and then the numbers actually end up taking care of themselves when you keep an eye on them and track the right metrics and whatnot but people could absolutely feel that if your intent is to serve and then as, a, as a, almost like as a byproduct that you you're, you're successful and you make money now I'm glad you brought that up and I wondered if you've ever had an experience where especially because I'm sure you have a coveted email list you have the type of email list that other internet marketers are going to approach you to see if you want to do um, an affiliate or 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 to just partner with you even to share the stage with you mm-hmm. do you have a guiding principle that um, helps you to decide who you will work with or who you will introduce to your list well, yeah, I mean, it was back to this integrity piece, Shaleen, because it's just, they we have to have an alignment and values, and I will do some real serious homework uh, on who the person is. Invariably, I, I mean, I have to have a pre-existing relationship uh, with someone before I'll just automatically do, an ad is different. I can pop a little ad in my newsletter with with someone whose product or service that I want to endorse, and that, you know, it's helpful to, to people on my list. Uh, but to do, uh, I've always had this for however long I've had my list, 14 years now, that um, I will not um, do a solo blast and uh, unless, you know, it's something that I wholeheartedly can back and get behind. Uh, we were just talking offline there about our mutual friend, Mike Stelzner and the mm-hmm. social media examiner. And so uh, he's one of the exceptions that are, for me that I'll send that solo blast, not exception, but one of the people in, in my like inner circle, if you will, that anything he does, I'm more than happy to put it out to my list because there's a, a real solid match with what he offers and what my list wants. And we have an incredible friendship. 
relationship and alignment and values. So that's the guiding principle for me is all about the relationship. It actually bothers me when I see email inquiries come in and go, oh, no, hey, Mario, and like, you know, we want to invite you to be this, to do this uh, promotion and here's all the requirements, you know, and uh, you promote us and then it's like, the, wait a second, you're going to make all the money and uh, you want me to, you're basically just, you know, renting my list and I just will not do that to people on my, my list. I think that's probably one of the reasons why people will follow you as your career transitions, as your interests change. Can you share with us, um, and we haven't talked about this in advance, was there ever a moment where you thought, you know, I'm really interested in kind of knowing more about this and creating a product for my customers, and I've never gone here before. I wonder if they'll follow. Yeah, yeah, actually. So um, in 2012, I worked very closely with an extremely high-end uh, business coach, uh, invested multiple six figures throughout the year in working with her. And she was basically supporting me or grooming or coaching me to uh, launch a, a very, very high-end agency, a social media agency to, to, for corporations. And it got to be about, say, six, eight months into the arrangement. And I just was like, whoa, this is this, I do not want to build a massive enterprise and have hundreds of employees and, you know, have an office, big, huge office or building. Uh, and it got to the point where I realized I was climbing up this ladder that was really her vision for me, not my vision for me. So I had to kind of um, just press the pause button and all that. In the meantime, I, I've been very immersed in my spiritual growth since, uh, gosh, since 2009. I have a pretty spiritual background. I was raised in a small Quaker community in rural B.C., uh, Canada and then um, then I just began to really integrate and intersperse more spiritual and universal principles into my uh, work and after 2012 or just toward the end of 2012 I decided to launch a coaching program called Business and Beyond it's Business and Beyond Club and Business and Beyond is just that it's, you've got your business world and then the beyond part is this is the personal growth the personal development the spiritual a law of attraction all just things like, like that law of belief and and so I launched the coaching program, did really well in 2012. And then uh, I didn't do much with it last year. I think I, I just was not certain on um, the direction of it. Mm -hmm. But this year, what I'm doing is um, I'm actually getting ready to, um, uh, it might actually not be told early 2015, but I'm going to launch a podcast called Business Beyond. And I will be interviewing leaders in the business world and what drives them internally, what's mm -hmm. their faith, their spirituality. And I just am making myself get out there more with that message because I really feel it's a, it's a huge part of, of why I'm, I'm here on this planet. And was there some reluctance or trepidation, even apprehension of sharing that side of you, thinking that, oh, maybe this is too personal or this might um, offend some of my followers? Oh, gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And my spiritual teacher, her name is Esperanza. She's here in uh, San Diego and she runs the Soul Institute. And I've had her come to many of my live events and lead uh, people like in a meditation. And she's very like non-denominational, but I, I have had, I remember one one couple that were just uh, just so offended that, that I would bring this person in that they, their beliefs just didn't resonate. So I took that as like, okay, I'm going to give people a choice then if you want, you know, she's mm -hmm. going to come in and lead this meditation. If it works for you, great. If not, you can, you know, you can step outside for now. But, but yeah, I, and that did create some fear in me because I'm like, I, 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 it, it bothers me when, when people are um, upset for any reason mm -hmm. and I, I should, you know, not take it personally, but I'm, I'm pretty sensitive and I want to please everybody. But even though I know yeah. that's not always possible. So, yeah. I think it's so important you shared that. I, um, you know, I believe that we need to have important people in our lives who can 
tell us like it is and not, you know, always kiss up or say what they think we want to hear and I've mm-hmm. got a you know one of my very best friends uh, Monica Gray we've been friends for 20 years and she was watching one of my training videos and I I talked about just generally about faith and I, I said something like you know whether you're a Christian or whatever you believe in I, I just said it very dismissively mm-hmm. and she called me after she watched it and she said you know that it really upsets me that you're so dismissive like when you mentioned your faith. And I said, well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't want to offend anybody. She goes, but there's certain people who you don't want to work with and you're okay with offending them. Why, why are you reluctant to share your faith? And, you know, it was kind of that like, that thing you need to hear from a friend. And, and mm-hmm. from that day forward, I thought, you know what? I am going to put it out there the same way I do in my real life because I want people to know who I really am. And I want some people to, quote unquote, get out of the car on this journey that we're <laughs> on together. Like, I don't want negative people. I don't want people who are just about the numbers. And quite frankly, I love working with people of faith. So mm. since I put it out there, I've really had... Oh, I've just met the neatest people that I I know I never they'll say, you know, you posted something about your faith and that's why I'm calling. Oh, wow. I love that. That's fantastic. That's really just, yeah, perfect example of what we're talking about here. Just get over that fear and put out the world. You can't serve everybody anyways. You may as well serve the ones that are absolutely in alignment with you and your values. Yeah, you got to get some of those people out of the car. (laughs) The car, I love that scene. (laughs) Now, has there ever, what's been the one piece other than your spirituality that you've shared on a personal note, maybe even a vulnerability that really resonated with your followers, your tribe, your lifers? Well, this is is definitely a personal subject and it doesn't make me feel vulnerable to share this, but it is out there on the internet. And so uh, in 2009, uh, I had been married um, for eight years. I've been together with my ex for 10. Um, And I just, you know, my my marriage unfortunately had come to an end. And I, I, at the time, I had been on social media for two years from 2007 to Mm -hmm. 09. And I'd built up a fair, you know, decent following. And I actually was traveling around in an RV at the time. My ex and I were just, you know, we were just taking a bit of a sabbatical almost, but my business was really taking off. And so people would log on and go, where are you now? I'm up in Alaska or I'm in Yellowstone. And um, so now I talk about hubby and I this or hubby and I that. And then I was like, okay, now how Mm. do I share with my community that I am no longer married? And I I got divorced pretty quickly in uh, like the spring of 09. So I, and I didn't, and people would tweet to me or Facebook me go, where are you guys now? And uh, Mm. how's your hubby and I hadn't been RVing for about six months and you know we weren't together anymore so I thought okay I want to do this the most responsible accountable loving way and so I wrote a blog post up and it just says choosing to share my personal journey Mm. and I let people know that it was very amicable it was very peaceful Uh, and sometimes in life you know that your inner truth is you're not really living your life in alignment with that and you Mm -hmm. just have to make some transition some change Mm -hmm. and and uh, I tell you what, when I, I had five trusted friends read that blog post, including my spiritual teacher and my own mom, uh, read that post before I hit the publish button. Like my heart was in my throat. I'm like, wow. okay, I'm going to do it. Here it goes, world. I'm about to make this announcement. And uh, I was scared, like, how people are going to say and all the pushback. But I tell you what, it was probably one of the best 
ways that I could have made this change because uh, the response was just, even now I still get comments on that post and my intent, I told them in the post that my intent was to inspire people to live into their deepest truth, mm. whether that meant writing a book or traveling the world or having a baby or getting married or getting unmarried, whatever it might be to you, you've got to listen to your inner truth and follow that path. So, I think it's important that when we share our stories, people hear our stories, but they're they kind of drift into their own life. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not just all about you in that blog post that you shared. People could see inspiration for their own life. And, and right. that's really important, I think, for people to be able to connect with us. So they have to know who we are. Yeah. On some yeah. level. Mm-hmm. There's always uh, the case of TMI, too much information. Well, it's true because back in the day, when social media was first like going nuts, uh, we would talk about transparent, transparent. You got to be transparent. And then I was like, wait a minute, no. Uh, and now we call it selective transparency. So you select what you want the public, the world, the social media, the, the forever internet world to know about you. But there are absolutely aspects of my life that I keep extremely private and that never go online. And that gives me a sense of peace knowing that, yes, I'm transparent but I also still have a private life. So great. Now, if you would, I mean, with these two phenomenal books that have helped so many entrepreneurs, not just online entrepreneurs, but people who own uh, a physical location, Mm -hmm. your books have helped so many people understand how to use the internet to build their tribe, to attract the type of people that they not only want to work with, but they want to help the people Mm -hmm. you like. So, could you give us some of your best tips for, and I'm going to let you pick either Facebook or Twitter because you're huge on both, <laughs> um, some of your best tips to help our listeners start to build their email list? Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite topics because the two go hand in hand. They are the, the perfect couple, email list and social media. <laughs> <laughs> so very first, uh, what's worked extremely well for me for years and years and years, in fact, even before social media, is webinars. And I do free webinars. It's just a fantastic model that I offer a free webinar. I give tons of content away. The, the shortest I've done is an hour. The longest is three hours. I rented a studio. I had a, a live studio audience, a three camera shoot. Uh, so I've gone to like the whole gamut from, you know, me in my home office with a little webcam up to the full thing. But now you've got uh, the, the beauty of Google Hangouts making these free webinars so easy. Mm-hmm. And so then I'll take that free webinar, I'll promote it on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, I have a, a significant number of affiliates and my affiliates know my model that when they promote my free webinar, I give tons of valuable content and then I am going to make an offer and it'll be a compelling offer. It'll be one that people would or I'm going to reward people for taking fast action so that free webinar uh, I will get as many as gosh I think my record is about 15,500 opt-ins uh, for just for one webinar oh and my gosh my jaw just dropped on the floor that's yeah, amazing yeah yeah and then I know my numbers that's, that's that one there's a wonderful um, acronym OKM is one key metric if you know your one key metric then that's different for everybody for me it's the number of webinar registrations from there I can absolutely tell you how much revenue I'm going to generate from that one launch because I know uh, about 40% of people will show up live uh, and then all of those we can close about 25% and then whatever amount that the offer is it's just as fantastic so free webinars and then make an offer I always say to people don't ever make a make a free like present something free without then having something some invitation to do business with you it could be super soft or it can be you know more compelling so free webinars but if you're not a big webinar person do some a free PDF download an audio a video but give something away for free uh, the second one 
one is also um, the second one is Facebook ads, um, and I would I just don't think enough people really understand Facebook ads. It feels like it's a moving target. It's like uh, people get a little concerned, obviously, because it involves investing money, and you've got to be able to study and learn the topic. The beautiful thing, though, I want your listeners to know is that there's a fantastic feature called a custom audience, so you can take your email list and load it up to Facebook and now place ads in the newsfeed to that email list. So maybe, you know, you're never going to get 100% open rate on your email list, but maybe some of the people are not opening your emails. You can you can catch them in the newsfeed. Uh, also, you can take that same list and create what Facebook calls a lookalike audience. You can do a lookalike audience that's brand new people that look similar to your email list or similar to your fan page, or similar to people who visit your website. Uh, And those are Facebook ads that you can target. If someone visits your website, but they don't opt in, you can catch them with a Facebook ad. So that's the second tip. And then the third tip is Twitter. I have always been a fan of proactively growing your Twitter following. It just always amazes me how many um, people in in this space and other industries uh, just plateau. They get a certain number of followers and they just kind of plateau. Yes, you've got to have tons of uh, content regularly. But you can proactively grow, and I'm going to give your listeners a my favorite tool, which is called Manage Flitter. Manage Flitter, F-L-I-T-T-E-R dot com. And you can punch in keywords. You can even pay like 10 bucks as a nominal fee to use their managed service. And then you can actually proactively find and follow people on Twitter, the, uh, probably about half of which will follow you back. And then to grow your email list as you're sharing good content, yours and other people, you can intersperse your tweets with calls to action to to join your email list. You can put put that right in your uh, the link in your bio too. Great tips, and, and and of course you're you're sending out tweets, letting people know that they can register for your upcoming webinars. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Mari, do you mind us asking how many, do you have a formula? And, and I always preface this by saying, you know, each person and their account is different. So if you've, you know, just landed on Facebook or you've just started using Twitter, uh, the, these formulas might not always equate. But for someone who wants to someday have the same type of reach that you have, what number of tweets are you sending out per day or even per hour? Tweets, the actual number of tweets. So yeah. mine go out usually about every hour and a half to two hours. So okay. by the end of the day, I'm tweeting from uh, 5 a.m. Pacific till about 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm not one of those people that advocates 24-7, especially if you are a personality-based business. It's different if you're a big brand. And, you know, I do have a global audience. I've got people all over the world, UK, Europe, Australia, Asia. So I could tweet through the night and people would see it and retweet it. But I want people to know I'm human. And yes, I do sleep at night, so I don't tweet through the night. But yeah, I'm seeing on average about six to 10, maybe six to 10 at most uh, tweets per day. I usually like to leave a gap, like I say, about one or two hours. Uh, The exception I make is when I'm live tweeting an event uh, and or I have pre-scheduled tweets to go out to coincide with the talk I'm giving. I'll actually tweet every five minutes. But I'll say to people, you know, I've got a lot of tweets coming out right now. Just warning you. 
So, uh, but on Facebook, it's a totally different animal. I do one or two posts per day maximum, and that that works for me. But I know other people do uh, extremely well with a with a significantly higher volume. Well, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about with our students is, you know, if you're looking at purely engagement and reach, um, statistically speaking, especially since Facebook came out with this really cool way of being able to look at other pages and compare their growth compared to, say, 10 others that you've selected, you can see that those who are posting more are on a more frequent basis, sometimes like excessively, they're getting a higher reach and engagement, Mm -hmm. but... As I always say, um, you know, that number, people kill themselves trying to create that Mm -hmm. when you can spend five hours on Facebook trying to improve your engagement or you can spend five dollars on a Facebook ad and let Facebook create it for you. I love that. I love that. What a great quote. (laughs) You know, I mean, you could work like mad to get a million uh, likes to your page or you can spend five bucks and let Facebook pull up a million very targeted or that's a pretty big range yep. but um, you know a very large audience and say we're going to actually put this in the news feed for you so you don't have to work so hard yeah 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 oh the the targeting is insane the granular targeting that you can do now by behavior I don't think people even realize it's not just the demographics on Facebook Facebook lets you have access in the United States anyway to um, data from these third party data collection companies so you could be targeting someone that's uh, most likely to buy a BMW in the next three months that has uh, uh, two kids under five years old and that's going on a cruise and it's it's just it's it's incredible Yeah. yeah and it's a whole new world and we just have to remember all of us Mm-hmm. that it's it's a commitment to understand that it takes some time and by slowing down and learning these things we can actually live life a little more you don't have to be on your computer 24/7 and if you just slow down to learn some of these practices from experts like Mari you can actually have real relationships yeah absolutely It has been a pleasure to have you on the show it is um, truly an honor and I hope that people will Take note of just, you know, that you're one of those, you can just hear it in your voice. You are are one of those people who leads with their heart. Um, You're so sweet and so kind. And it comes across when you're on stage. It comes across when you're online. I have one final question. Mm -hmm. For those like yourself who you you lead with your heart, so it tugs at your heart when people are disappointed. And because your tribe, your lifers are so expansive and in so many different countries, how do you deal with that inappropriate guilt we sometimes feel when people want access to you all the time, Mari. How do you handle that? Yeah, well, okay, so a couple of things. First off, you know, I'm, I'm really, really rigorous about the ways to reach me, like uh, the my direct email address or my direct phone number is, uh, you know, it's only given to a, a really tight inner circle. Um, but online, I'm... I'm ruthless about replying to people on Twitter and I just will never uh, delegate my voice. I won't have people speaking as me. They can speak for me, but not as me. So Mm. I just have over the years trained myself like every 24 hours, whoever or whatever tweets I've managed to respond to that's that's the best that I could do in that day. Uh, and I allow time here and there and everywhere. In fact, there was a great saying I heard years ago that um, Twitter isn't something that you sit down and you do in, in 20 minutes or 30 minutes a day. You grout your day with Twitter, like putting the grout between the tiles. So it's like a minute here, a minute there. You can send a lot of replies by the end of the day. But what I've set up on Facebook that really works for me, I've had this in place for many years, I set up a separate Facebook fan page called Team 
Mari mm. and I have moderators that log in as Team Mari and then they go to my main Mari Smith page and they respond to questions over there and ah. it's just made a profound difference to to sustaining my my Facebook connection to, with everybody they know and it they they know it's not me they, they can see and I have Juan as my main moderator and he'll sign off his name so people know they can come to me for support okay I love that distinction and so what just to clarify mm-hmm. you've set up a like page that is mm-hmm. t- team Mari mm-hmm. and that's not a page that you necessarily are building um, a community on nope. that page mm-hmm. it's a page so that those people who are moderating it when they're replying on your behalf but not as you you're being honest with your audience saying this is my team these are people who I endorse these are you know my practices but it's my team you're talking to and and not me personally correct yeah uh, and they will they will always sign off their name okay yeah. consider that stolen I love that idea it's just it's <laughs> you know it's honesty it's integrity but it's yeah. also letting people know um, you know I I have a life yeah, and you just can't manage a page with hundreds of thousands of fans by yourself. Right. It's not possible, even though people think that, hey, you know, could you give me help or you answer my why? Why didn't you answer my question? Well, because you know, I got thousands of people asking me that. So yeah. it's just a beautiful win for everyone, and you know, and it keeps Juan busy. He's my main moderator, but then uh, we have other people that step in there from time to time. It's just yeah, a great system. Well, we love on the show to close with our guest sharing their best freemium or their best piece of content where people can also join your. Or email list. And is there one thing that you'd like to share with our audience? I am so excited for a brand new report that I just created. It's 21 pages of PDF and it is 10 steps to establishing yourself as a thought leader using social media and beyond. So it's not to be a social media thought leader, but it's a thought leader in your industry of all the different ways, the 10 different ways I'm suggesting you can do that to create thought leadership. And people can just go to my main website, mariesmith.com, and they'll see the the, um, invitation to sign up for that. And um, yeah, it's it's just one of my best pieces of work. Very, very excited about it. It's a great offer because so many people aren't quite sure, myself included, when I first started this. I didn't know how to position myself as an expert, as a thought leader. So Mm -hmm. what a valuable tool. Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience. Mari, it's been a pleasure. Mm, Likewise. Glad to be here. Thanks for listening, lifers. Shalene invites you to join her for her free coaching program designed to help you get organized, productive, and laser-focused on what really matters. To sign up for her free video coaching program, please visit 30daypush.com. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs. From technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.